Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Ocean Protect Podcast talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. Oh, welcome friends to the Ocean Protect podcast. This episode features the fourth and final part of recorded audio from the inaugural Ocean Plastic Action Forum at Bondi Beach, held on the 15th of March, 2023, as part of the Volvo Ocean Lovers Festival. This episode features the Where To From Here session, which is the last session of the day where the speakers of the previous sessions, which were Dr. Denise Hardesty, Professor Vina Sahajwala, and Allegra Spender MP, each getting up and providing a short summary of the previous discussions from the panel sessions and highlighting from their perspectives what key essential actions they believe we need to implement to turn the tide on ocean plastic pollution. We'll also have a follow-up chat with the trailblazing Kaz Grant and Anita Colney from the Volvo Ocean Lovers Festivals around their perspectives of the forum and where to from here for the Ocean Plastic Forum and the broader Volvo Ocean Lovers Festival. Boom, boom, a shake the room. Essentially, this is the last session of today, and we're going to get Denise talking first, briefly, and then Vina, and then Allegra. It's basically a synthesis of, of today's discussion, highlighting some of her take-home messages and reiterating potentially some of the key actions that these amazing people think we need to do moving forward. Denise. Key thoughts from today. Hope, collaboration, legislation, heart. I think we've heard an enormous diversity of perspectives. We've addressed or touched on the fact that information or data matters, but it's also not how people make our decisions. So we need to touch people where they are. We need to influence our legislators. We've heard we need to focus on the next generation. And we've seen a remarkable amount of resilience and focus from not just the scientists or the entrepreneurs or the politicians, but from the audience members and from the next generation who've come today who are challenging us and asking really smart and really thoughtful questions as well. And I do come back to that sort of relentless optimism, and I see some really exciting opportunities with some of the new technologies and some of the challenges that our technologies bring. Julia just highlighted some of the focal areas and kind of some of the learning trajectories that we're on as well. The questions around as female leaders, how do we as entrepreneurs help change the dial? And I think we're starting to see a huge 
change in the tide, actually. I mean, as Julia mentioned, we've been, some of us have been in this game for quite a while. And there is hope, there is energy, there is optimism, and we are starting to see better solutions. At the same time, we are creating more plastic, we're having more people, etc. I guess I would encourage us to focus on the heartening aspects and some of the challenges and listen to our political leaders that are here today who say, follow up, speak your mind to your political leaders, vote. And as was highlighted earlier, vote with your pocketbook about what's important to you. Push the agendas that matter to you and influence those around you and abide by your conscience. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. Wise words. If I can invite Vina to the stage for some pearls of wisdom. Thank you, Vina. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. I just wanted to, yes, echo the points that have been made. Denise, thank you. That was really lovely to hear. And I want to particularly thank, of course, both Allegra and Marjorie. I mean, it's really nice to see the spirit of collaboration. I think that's exactly where we all in the community feel hopeful and positive. But I think the other point that has become pretty obvious was seeing young people also really kind of challenging all of us, which I think is is so good to see. On that note, I do want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, the Smart Centre, we've got incredibly fantastic young people who are, of course, working in not only looking at the science, the technology, but looking at how collaboration actually occurs in practice. So I think it is important that learning by doing that when we're sort of looking at the role of research and technology development, it's about where we've got incredible young people who come into the system, but also want to be able to see how that occurs in practice. So I do want to take this moment to acknowledge the young people in the room who are, of course, some of them part of the Smart Center head of microfactories. I know we've got Ishad there and I can see Salim and Lucas and Harry and Max, everyone who I guess has been doing all of this work because one, they are like everybody else, passionate about it. But I think also recognizing that it is about that collaboration piece. So when we think about the kinds of examples we've heard today, what does it take to actually deliver that change? And can Australia really kind of play a little bit of that leadership role where, yes, as a country, as a wealthy country, we do invest money in science and technology. But I think that other part of it is how do we collaborate with businesses? So the collaboration between, yes, government supporting research, as we've seen, of course, but also the research happening at CSIRO, at universities, acknowledging fantastic work happening in industries. We've heard great examples of a lot of science and technology. But I think what we are really looking and hopeful about is the fact that that implementation of ideas and converting ideas into practical reality will happen when we all collaborate and particularly acknowledging that there are lots and lots of SMEs, small enterprises, small to medium enterprises in Australia who are present in many, many regional and remote communities across the country. We have the privilege of working with some of these. I have often talked about these small businesses, Kuramandra to Naura to many other places. But I think why it matters is because not not only they are as passionate as we are, if not more, they're also committed because they're creating local jobs. And I think to me, the connectivity as to how we make this impact to 
together means that we should be looking at manufacturing and building that capacity locally, creating those local jobs in these communities. So we make sure we don't leave anyone behind in this whole move forward. Thank you very much. Thank you. Look, I just want to say, firstly, a huge thank you to all the questions and to the panel. That was a really, really fabulous questions and great panel and great diversity, but also really, I think, so much engagement and strength of view in the room. Look, what I've taken away is that we actually have the ingenuity in this country to do enormous things. There's a lot of inspiration, you know, both from the kind of technical ingenuity, but also the sort of pyramid of bottles, the ability, the ingenuity and the imagination and creativity to actually inspire people to make change. I think that's pretty astounding. There's very clear that we need to start with the solutions upstream and what we're doing isn't working. And so legislation is absolutely critical to this. So it's not just ingenuity. It's not just business. It's not just community. Government absolutely needs to step up. And that's a message I've sort of got very loud and clear. It's very clear also that the community is behind us and there's a so strong desire for politicians to have courage. And I think that's exactly what the community wants is for people to stand up for what is right, not for what is easy. But also there was a big part of that discussion was also saying community has also enormous influence. And I know I think very much of your comment about, you know, how tiring it is to keep on shouting about these things. But the truth is you have power. It's by the fact that you're shouting, you actually make a difference and you can change things as one person. So it's better that, you know, to be honest, that it's that way around than that the shouting doesn't matter. You know, you have influence. We all have a responsibility, I think, to change the world. We all make a difference. It's tiring. It's hard and it's very frustrating because we want everyone to do what we think is right. But we all have that power. And I think, I guess that's my final piece is that we've all got that power. So use it. And I feel very much agree with that last comment. I'm actually really hopeful because while it's there's so much to do, I think we have moved so far in sort of the last 10, 15 years. It is, we're in a quite a different place, at least in terms of our understanding of the problems. And also, I think the, the emotion and the energy and the ingenuity behind trying to solve them. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be messy. It's going to be difficult. I feel very hopeful that we are pointing in the right direction. And now we just need to really accelerate. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Allegra. It certainly is going to be messy and difficult. Bring it on. I love a good challenge. And look, ultimately, we're the masters of our own destiny. We are the weavers of the grand tapestry of history. Where else would you want to be? Like, I look back at great moments of history, like whether it be the fighting with Braveheart against those English, you know, picking up the sword and running at him, you know, regardless of the consequence or the French Revolution or Gallipoli or whatever. We're fantastic at rising to the challenge, uh, particularly in Australia. I mean, come on. You can get despondent, and, you, and I'm sure you guys have all seen it, the plastic in our placenta, the blood of our unborn babies and, and our lungs at Charlie will talk about and obviously our marine wildlife which is devastating and it's and it's obviously can get you down but where else would you want to be what a golden opportunity to make a massive difference we know plastic pollution is a red hot topic in the public interest and they want to see massive change great to allegra's point let, let's just get, get all those people to vote some superstar plastic pollution crusader to solve our problems i think it's fantastic rise to the challenge on a personal note I've been involved in helping sort of coordinate this. And one of the key themes that we came across day in, day out in the lead up to this is we didn't want to make it just another talk fest. The key thing I take away from this, there are so many passionate ocean 
protectors in the room that often are working on this plastic pollution problem, but in parallel. We are so much more powerful when we're working together. So if, if nothing else happens out of this event, you've got all these cool cats in the room that want to help address this plastic pollution crisis. So I'd encourage you to hang about and talk to each other and see how we can collaborate more. And I know this is already happening as a result of the organization of this event, which is fantastic. On a personal note, I'd also like to thank the amazing panelists and speakers today. Please give yourselves a round of applause. And also, thank you so much to the audience for all the hard questions. There was no soft questions. They were all fairly good. So well done. We didn't sort of just sugarcoat anything, which I thought was really positive. Also, Sharon, you've been a superstar organizing this event along with Kaz and Anita. Well done. Thank you so much. The guys at the back. And I mentioned Anita. I'll, I'll leave the final word to you, superstar. So without further ado, I'd like to invite you to the stage and microphone one more time. So Anita Colney, everybody. You said everything I was going to say. <laughs> That's okay. No, I'd just like to say thank you again, everyone, for coming today. And not just all the speakers, which are, we're, we're just overwhelmed with the amazing talent that we've had in the room today, but also the audience for your participation, for your questions, and really for all your enthusiasm. Change is happening and it takes everyone to get on board from all walks of life. It's, you know, government, industry, business, education. It is happening. So I hope you all walk away today feeling hopeful and inspired that we can clean up the mess we've created and leave a better future for our kids. 
ready to act. So it really elevated that idea of an action forum. And I think, you know, in the podcast that you've been hearing, you could hear the quality of people that were ready to contribute, ready to work together and do something to protect that beautiful ocean. Oh, look, it's, it's pretty hard to have a bad day at Bondi Beach, surrounded by an incredible group of individuals all championing the protection of our oceans. But I guess fundamentally, we're there to drive change and really improve the protection of our oceans and waterways from pollution, particularly plastic pollution. So did you feel energized and potentially more optimistic than you would be otherwise from that event? Absolutely. There was a bunch of people you'd think in a room like that, a lot of them would have known each other, but actually so many different perspectives and new relationships came together and people were pretty excited about that. As Anita said, some collaborations coming immediately after. I think that was Sea Shepherd and OzMap and um, Smart Centre at University of New South Wales are already talking collaborations literally the day of the event. So that was a great outcome on its own. That's the one thing we've found in this ocean space since we've been working in it, funnily enough, is that there are so many people doing incredible things, but the opportunity for them to connect, there aren't really enough of. And if there's not the opportunities to connect, then those collaborations won't actually take place. These events are so important to actually springboard new ideas and new partnerships. And it's a credit to you two in particular, because the whole idea from my perspective of the Ocean Lovers Festival was to bring people together who are working on a a similar issue or trying to better protect our oceans in whatever capacity they can. And historically, I'll I'll be the first to admit, as a stormwater professional, I go to stormwater conferences, you know, and I'm sure the sea bin people of the world go to a different conference or a group of uh, talks. And then Sea Shepherd Australia, they're generally too busy picking up litter at various remote locations and, and other areas and ramming whaling ships to get together and, and talk to the likes of you, me, the Smart Centre, et cetera. So it's a credit to you guys that you guys have set up this sort of medium in the Ocean Lovers Festival to bring these individuals together. And it's it's fantastic. I look back and go, why did it take so long for this sort of event to happen? But uh, like, like all great ideas, you look at it and go, it's so obvious. But it obviously, as I'm sure you guys can attest to, it takes a lot of hard work to pull something like this together. Like, I don't know how many panellists we had, what, 15 or uh, 16? I think we had 21. 21. (laughs) Yeah. Just just to get everyone on a phone call is hard work, but to get everyone in a room was fantastic. I think the collaborative relationships that are formed as part of this event have been fantastic already. But obviously we're keen to drive change. So it's not just about energy and partnerships, whatever. Do you feel as though we are driving change in this space? Because one thing we wanted to avoid as part of this Ocean Plastic Action Forum was just another talk fest. Do you feel as though we sort of did more than that? Or, or is there still more we need to do? Look, we had the asset of, of three levels of political estate in the room as well. And I think their eyes were well and truly opened to the frustration among industry, but also community. So there was community in the room. And I think the thing the festival does is transition within the days of that. We had 600 school kids on site with scientists and innovators as well. And then we had tens of thousands of public through the festival. So I think the forum's location there, the, the kind of things we talked about, where it can go further is the public are really concerned. Ocean plastic is such a the low-hanging fruit for where the public want to get kind of action going. It is the place where the politicians can have an impact. And I think the frustration in the room was the fact that they talk the talk but haven't walked the walk just yet. And there's really mounting pressure 
on that. So using all those focuses, like we literally, we put out a press release jointly with Allegra the day after. It's not the federal action yet, but it's, it's boiling away all the time. You've got to come at this from many, many prongs. So it was yet another place to do that. And I think our opportunity is probably even more public interface between what we bring out from all those innovators in the room and smart people back into the public arena as well. I think those are some opportunities. Was there any particular sort of moment in the Ocean Plastic Action Forum that really sort of hit you guys hard or made you really stop and think? <laughs> I thought Samsara were pretty amazing and hard-hitting. Like They were literally sitting there with an incredible solution, Australian-created well into R&D and, and deliverables and saying, you know, why? What, why is this continuing? I think for us, for me then was where was Woolies, where was Coles that, that should be in the room? Where were a couple of those big people hearing this? And the penny was kind of really dropping, I think, for a couple of the pollies as well sitting in the rooms. So that, that was quite a high impact moment for me. I love the Ulu as well. I think what they're, what they're doing is amazing. And I hope that we can showcase a lot more of these great solutions in the future and hopefully even drive, you know, support and investment to those opportunities with the right people in the room. A hard hitting moment to me, and it was gets back to Kaz's point around I guess a bit of a wake-up call to politicians was there was a question from a young girl, I think she might have been about 12 or 13, what more can I do? I'm really concerned about the environment, plastic in our oceans. I'm yelling as hard as I can to get awareness around this. And the response from the, I think it was Allegra, was like, you got to yell harder. And I think there was a bit of a gasp across the room and I sort of made the point I think it was some, something saying something like $368 billion was committed to submarines uh, by Australia. No one had any sort of say in that, but we find the money to, to, to do that. But where, when it comes to protecting our oceans, which are vital, everyone recognises that. We've got short arms and deep pockets. What was your sort of uh, reaction to that sort of moment uh, when that young girl got up and, and said that? I think it's just frustrating for so many people. And I mean, the money that gets put into so many other things, like you were saying with the submarines and, and even other areas of environment is huge. And, and the lack of money being put into ocean when it's so important, it is frustrating. Why do we have to keep yelling and screaming? And, and it shouldn't be that way. It, there needs to be change from the top down, actually, so, so that, that it's not like that. The money needs to be actually allocated to doing what needs to be done, not just this short-sighted and, and ignoring what we don't want to pay attention to. It was disheartening in some level, the response. It was encouraging to have young people and we find more and more of them. And I think the youth are particularly aware of oceans, very much like the genesis of our festival. If you love it, have it as your playground, you get to know it and you know the issues. It's the ignorance among some of our community around how significant ocean is and what needs to happen. So it was both encouraging and disheartening that moment. The gasp is the right way to describe it across the room. And Allegra's response, as much as that was pragmatic, was, as Anita said, frustrating. But I guess a part of making lots of loud noise is bringing awareness to the issues and celebrating, I guess, the amazing incredibleness of, of the ocean and our natural environment. And, and again, this is for me, this is what the Ocean Lovers Festival does. But so obviously, so the Plastic Action Forum has come and gone. 
Uh, we're moving forward, but are we going to see a return of the Ocean Plastic Action Forum? Absolutely. We'd love to do it again in 2024. So we will definitely be starting planning that soon and we'll be telling you about that shortly. One of the things that we did in one of our other events, which I think was very successful at our Blue Solutions Summit, was we had a youth jury so that you really had those young people questioning the panellists. And that was a little bit like this young girl you were talking about at the Plastic Action Forum, but it was intentionally that we had this panel of four youth that actually questioned what we are actually doing and what change that's actually creating because they're the ones that are being left with our mess in the end. Oh, I do like that idea. Maybe we should have that for every uh, conference, uh, political get-together, you name it. Well, there's a lot of papers now speaking about that um, climate anxiety and ocean is a big part of that for young people and addressing it is giving them a voice. So it's a very conscious move we're absolutely doing with all our activities, including the engaging the school kids. So Plastic Action Forum definitely sits with that. You talk about engaging school kids, but how, how many kids went through the Ocean Lovers Festival? I was reading your uh, festival report just recently, and I had no idea, actually, to be honest. We had an incredible schools day. We had two schools days. We launched our first Future Science Study Expo for secondary students. We had a few hundred students that went through that, and then we had the University of New South Wales, UTS, UNSW, Hulbot, and the Australian National Maritime Museum that were all down there presenting for the kids and they got to walk through and experience all these different activities as well as have actual presentations about the opportunities to actually get into marine science studies when they leave school. And then we had actually over 400 school kids come down on the Friday driving underwater drones and doing VR experiences and learning about seahorses and looking at seal poo on, on, under microscopes. It was a fantastic day. It was fabulous. Well, that sounds way more cool than my, my days at school. <laughs> We've had to cancel that event twice with COVID. So that was so exciting. That was one of the highlights for me. The look on the kids' faces was just, you know, so rewarding. And it, uh, I have to say that. And the teacher feedback. Yeah. yeah. The teacher feedback's been wonderful. And we've already been asked, is it happening again next year? Very exciting. Oh, that is cool. Look, you had me at, at, at was it seal poo, did you say? Yep. Oh, <laughs> and Kaz learned a very interesting fact as well. Kaz, what's the fact with the coral? I think it's um, coral, if it's feeling heat distressed, it can actually make the clouds move to give it shade. Hang on, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the coral under stress just, yeah, gives off these. So they compared it to the rainmaker, rain dancers. It's, it's actually a real thing. <laughs> they, they, they can give off these chemicals that draw the clouds over them, their part of the ocean to give them shelter, and shade and protection when they're heating. Clouds in the atmosphere. Correct. Blow me away. I know. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sydney Uni. Oh, look, and, and you touched on COVID. Like, uh, as much as the, the recent uh, forum and, and wider festival was an incredible success, it, it hasn't been easy going for uh, you two trailblazers. Obviously, with COVID, uh, I think, was it cancelled one or two uh, festivals? And then you had a flood through the, the site as well? Four festivals rearranged <laughs> across it. But you're still charging. We are. You bet. <laughs> Do you get a chance to sort of reflect on, I guess, you know, without giving you too much of a pat on the back, but you deserve it. You know, Do you have a chance of reflecting on the success of this festival and go, wow, this has been pretty cool. Yeah, we do. Look, there were we worked out we had over 80 speakers across the festival. All of them had amazing things to share. Plastic Action Forum, a big chunk of that. 
and they had real audiences to share it with. So, look, we're hitting our stride now. The feedback's incredible, the diversity, but the energy and positivity, it, which is what we've modelled our lens of everything on is show people some hope and some solutions, and it's really coming through. It's, it's incredible. It's been there all along in the messaging, but that year three, Mark, having actually had the opportunity to deliver our third festival, it feels like it's finally just taking the shape that and the vision that we had for it. This is interesting because the environmental movement, if I can call it that, has often focused on avoiding the negativity. Don't drive your car because you're contributing to climate change and you'll kill us all, whatever. But you guys seem to have focused on very much the, the positive aspects of environmental protection. Do you think there's sort of lessons learnt uh, that other sort of groups can take away from what you guys have potentially achieved through this already? I think when you're encouraging people and inspiring them with hope and solutions, they're more likely to feel enticed to do something because you're empowering them. When you're telling people that we have no chance left and that everything's a disaster, then you're taking away the power and you say, well, why should I do anything? Why should I care? Because I can't change it anyway. So yeah, I think it's all about empowering people. And the only way to do that is by inspiring them and showing them that there are so many solutions and so many people that are actually making efforts every day. The amount of startups and, and businesses that are actually working in this space, it's, it's mind-blowing. A lot of the festivals audience um, at the festival markets, people said, oh my God, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to come and meet with all these people. We had about 25,000 people through the festival across the weekend. So it was a really amazing opportunity for these innovative businesses in this great space to actually connect with the public and the community and showcase what they're actually doing. You know, it works both ways. Then that empowers the community and it shows them that there's alternatives to other ways of doing things, you know, depending whether it's buying power or whatever. You know, you vote with your dollars and we all have the power to make a difference. You know, every choice we make matters. For investors as well, like uh, after the Ocean Plastic Action Forum, there was obviously a little bit of a networking function after and I was actually very surprised, but pleasantly uh, so, that there was actually a lot of uh, individuals with a very keen interest in investing in this space as well. Like people with a lot more money than than us three uh, are keen to really drive change by throwing their cash behind solutions to help better protect our oceans, which I've never seen before in any other event I go to as well. So I thought that was a real positive. So if you're a startup or a small business looking to sort of go big, um, and why not go big or go home? I found the event itself, yeah, a bit of a sort of magnet to, for investors. It's a great networking event. And I think that the more innovative ideas we draw, the more people that want to invest in, in new ideas will we'll draw as well. And I think ocean is an incredible opportunity for Australia. Look at us. We've got one of the largest ocean estates for any country on the planet. So Australia is crazy not to be taking part in the opportunity that ocean economy offers. And we know that the, you know, we call it the ripples turning into waves of change, but the community in Australia, we're first world, we'll get behind good ideas that do better. The only way forward is that there's is an opportunity and growth. You can't see that going backwards. So I think you're right. People are looking to where are some of those clever ideas to invest in. Where to from here for the Ocean Lovers Festival? Well, we'd like to share it a bit, <laughs> a bit more widely. <laughs> so, uh, Growing our existing one, although it's it's already you know got a natural curve of growth, it's doubled its size in its three iterations. 
we are discussing taking it overseas and we're discussing with WA taking it across there, another whole ocean to <laughs> look at and play with and a very active blue economy and ocean-focused uh, community over there and also looking at having some input in the next COP in Dubai. So we've been invited and we're talking with some great ocean conservation groups over there, starting to expand, even a potential festival over there in 2024. That is amazing. Like you said, it's your third Ocean Lovers Festival at Bondi and you're already sort of entertaining the idea of going to WA and taking it to Dubai. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. You must be excited. Come on. <laughs> and it's exciting that we actually even have been given that opportunity, that we were recognised and picked out, you know, to be given that opportunity in the first place. We're not just attracting people in Bondi. We are actually drawing attention all over the world. Yeah, look, and, and I've said this to you publicly and privately, like you guys are so incredible. Like the, the work that you guys have done and the initiative and enthusiasm and energy and awesomeness that, have, that you've brought to this space is literally unprecedented. And to see you guys have the success that you've had, like like obviously, yeah, the Plastic Action Forum was amazing. 25,000 people through the festival, hundreds of school kids, all these investors, all these innovators, uh, all these cool people come together and, and trying to better protect our oceans. You guys have done such a great job of just driving this and bringing everyone together and celebrating our oceans and uh, it's better protection. So from my perspective, I just take my hat off to you guys in a major way. So, And obviously, if there's any way that Ocean Protect uh, can assist in, in, in seeing you guys take over the world, <laughs> we'll do what we can for that way. <laughs> and I'd certainly encourage everyone else. So Ocean Protect, you know, we're a small business. I think people forget this. Like we do sponsor a little bit of cash to see these uh, event happen, but I'd certainly encourage other sort of companies to do the same. I've personally seen so much value in it from our perspective, and I'd certainly encourage other sort of potential sponsors to jump on board the Ocean Lovers Festival uh, love wagon and to see this go even more successful than it already is because it's an awesome thing to be part of. Your energy just so elevates it. Thank you. Yeah, we've loved having you involved from the start. Oh, very good. Look, uh, and I look forward to seeing what you guys get up to in Dubai and WA and obviously next year's uh, Ocean Plastic Action Forum and Ocean Lovers Festival. So keep up the great work, ladies. Well done. Thank you. We'll have, hopefully have some new dates for next year's events for you shortly. Well, if people want to find out more, obviously the best place to go to is the Ocean Lovers Festival website. Yeah. Is that correct? And follow our socials as well, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Thank you, guys. Keep up the great work. Boom, boom, shake the room. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.